Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Tonight, I believe that God is going to touch people. And for our text, and I believe there's going to be a lot of people get healed. I'll tell you how many in a, in a, in a moment. But for our text to start out with, let's turn to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Many of us have heard this text, but when we hear it in our being in the Bible belt and the buckle of the belt, sometimes we only hear it one way. Repentance is connected to asking God to forgive us of our sins. And that is part of repentance. But I don't think Jesus was meaning it to be narrowed down just to that small of a meaning. Bill Johnson and I do more things together than with anybody else that's not working for us. And I've heard Bill say this many times. He borrows things from me, and I borrow things from him. There's a lot of people that's repented enough to get into the kingdom, but not enough to see the kingdom. And so it's, it's with this latter sense of the word repent. Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My first year, by the way, I've been in the ministry 53 years since 1970 when I was 18 years old. And I, as an evangelist, the first year, I preached about 20 revivals um, when I was 18. I, I uh, would tell people, and probably for the next two or three years, I would say things like, what does it mean to repent? It's like you're going this way, and you think it's the right way. And then all of a sudden, you realize this is the way to death. This is not the way you want to go. And so you do this. Now you're going the other way. That was repentance. Anybody ever heard that? It's wrong. It's actually not correct. It's confusing what repentance is and the fruit of repentance. You see, repentance, the word in Greek is metanoia. And that word means change the way you think. That's why there is an ongoing repentance with the renewing of the mind. Because it's Constantly, we're seeing things more from the kingdom of God's perspective rather than the kingdom of this world. So then, what? where was repentance when the guy realized he's going the wrong way? When he started thinking, instead of thinking, this is the right way, he started thinking, no, this is not the right way. This is the wrong way. That was repentance. This was the fruit of repentance. Change the way you think How, to, to our North American culture. Many of us have been raised in a, a worldview that, of, of a closed universe with God not getting involved and being taught by scientists that if he, some scientists, the unbelieving scientists, that if, if he did, you couldn't depend on anything. You couldn't even have science if, if things weren't stable. If, if God breaks into our laws of nature, we can't have science as we know it. I would say that God in working a miracle doesn't violate any of our laws. 
He uses laws we haven't discovered yet, but in our arrogance, we think we know everything. I don't think he breaks law. You know, when we say that something's got to be lighter than air to float, and in an airplane that weighs tons and tons, will fly. You say, well, that's, that's, that's different. No, it's the same thing. The law of gravity is a true law. There's also the law of aerodynamics. And so until we discovered the law of aerodynamics, we didn't see it happen. Before we discovered germs, we didn't know how they functioned. And so we, we discover more all the time. All I'm saying is there's so much more we don't understand. For example, I would like to ask some doctors and scientists, and, I, and by the way, I'm not against education. I've got some. <laughs> and, and I do believe that it is important to, uh, to value God giving us the ability to try to find answers to our needs. And I think in the future, there's going to be God. As a matter of fact, I know it's already happening. I know of people who've won Nobel Prizes, and I can't tell you who they are because I shouldn't. Uh, but they won Nobel Peace, a Nobel Prize, not for peace, but a Nobel Prize in science for a formula that was given to them in a dream by God. There are people that have... God has given him information. God has given him wisdom. Change the way you think. Repent. So what I'm saying tonight, you may have been told it's hopeless for you. You may have been told there's, 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 there's no way this can be fixed. Like the girl that I'm sure the doctor told her once those toes were cut off, there's no way of getting them back. Or like the guy in Brazil who was born with his eye not optic nerve not connected to the back of the eye. Said there's, the doctor even said, the only way you'll ever see, because he was willing to pay money if you could just fix my eyes, said, we can't. The only way you'll ever see it be a miracle. And he sees today. I, I don't know if he's seeing wirelessly <laughs> or, or if God wired him up. I don't know how he's doing it. I just know that he's doing it. Change the way you think because there's a reason to change the way you think. The kingdom of God, or Matthew will use the word heaven, Luke will use God, is at hand. It's within our grasp. The kingdom of God was inaugurated with the first coming of Jesus Christ and will be consummated in a second coming. And until then, it's up to the church to reveal the powers of, of, uh, of the prince and principalities through the church. The glorious power in the name and authority of the name of Jesus. Change the way you think. I'm, I'm hoping that as I'm talking tonight, there will be changes in what people are actually believing can happen. One of the things that I love about God, I was in a four-square church in, in uh, Belém, Brazil, in the state of Para, and there were about 2,500 wasn't this big. It was about 2,500 people and there's another 500 on the outside. And they had been fasting for 40 days as a church. And it was, you could walk in and feel the energy. Like you could, like it was electrical. And, and when we started going for healing in 15 minutes, 
we had like this 42% of the people there had received a healing uh, in, in their bodies. And it was, you know, like, I forgot how many, what that would be, but, you know, it was well over 1,200 uh, healings in just 15 minutes. And I, it was so exciting. And I, I, I had to take an Ambien to go to sleep that night because I just could not go to sleep. I was just so excited. I had so much adrenaline going through my system. I, I just couldn't go to sleep. But the next night, we went to another church, and the next church was as dead as that first church was alive. I walked in, and, and we have more people on my team than's in the building. They put us in the green room and keep us there for over an hour as worship's going on. We came out, out at the end of worship when it's about half full, about 500 people there, and you could feel the unbelief the depression, and the discouragement as much as you could feel the faith and expectation the night before. And I remember being a little bit frustrated when I first got there. I said, God, why do we have to come here? Why couldn't we have gone back to the one we was at last night? And I remember when I got up to preach, I said, I didn't plan to say this. I just did. I don't have good filters. So I just come out. Um, if my faith was based upon the faith I feel in you here tonight, I wouldn't have any faith that God's going to heal anybody. But my faith is not in the level of your faith. But my faith is in what I believe God will do in this meeting tonight to create faith in you. And long story short, before the night was over, instead of 42%, we had 60-some-odd percent healings to the number of people in the meeting. And God did things. God gave very precise words of knowledge. God did divine appointment timing and things. And I'll get to one of those in a moment. And, at, and each time I would start to preach, there would be something else that would happen and we would go for it, and God would heal people. And so when it was finally like an hour later, I'm going to try to read the text again and start the sermon. The Lord said, I've already preached your sermon for him. There's faith here now. That's what you preach for to create faith in a room. But I've already done it, so I'll just bring up your team and let them give words of knowledge and, and begin praying for the people. Tonight, this is more of the electric place than the dead place. But I believe that God is still going to do things to take us to a greater expectation. Sometimes we think what happens in our midst is due to that's the sovereign will of God. And that's why only that many people get healed. I was thinking that at one point. You know, when, uh, when Toronto happened, for the first next two years, or two to three years, till I went to Reading, we were having 3% um, of the crowd, the number of healings to the number of people, 3%. And say, like, for example, all the meetings were like 1,000 people. That meant we'd have 30. 50% of them would happen by word of knowledge from the platform which is 15. 
And then when the team came up at the end of the night and laid hands on people and prayed, that's where the other 50% or the other 15 came. So we'd have 30 people a night. I know that's not very much, but you see, I went through 14 years of being a pastor and saw five people in 14 years get healed. So I was excited to be able to see 30 people a night. And that's what was happening. And I noticed it. I just kind of keep track in my head what's God, what God is doing. And I, I noticed, wow, it averages out 50%, 50%, 15, 15, 30 people. So I go to Redding, California. And in this meeting, and I think, I think um, just very quickly, I just need to say, is Ben Schofield here? If you are, will you yell? Thank you. So Ben Schofield, he's 41 now, he, or more. He was 18 years old. He was my first intern because I was teaching him words of knowledge and he came up to me and saying he's sick. And I started praying for him. And I said, wait, wait a minute. When did you get sick? He said, while you were teaching about these words of knowledge. I said, you're not sick, you're having one. So give it. He gave the word of knowledge and three people came up that had it and they get healed. And then he starts getting more words of knowledge. And I ended up asking him to travel the world with me because God told me to. So he was my first intern. And he was with me my first trip to Redding, California. I gave some words of knowledge. God healed some people. This, is, this was Ben's first time. I said, Ben, do you have any words of knowledge? I think I might. I said, well, come here. Would you give him? You know, I'm a spiritual father and mentor. He gave a word of knowledge, and I smiled. He gave more, a couple more words of knowledge, you know, and my buttons are about to butt, uh, bust off, you know. Look, this is my spiritual son. I discovered this guy that God's using. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> then he gave as many words as I gave, and I'm really excited. Then he kept giving words of knowledge. And he gave, you know, like 50% more than I gave. And every time he was giving more than I had gave, I subconsciously was beginning to back away from a person that God wanted to be my spiritual son. I'm not aware of it. I'm, I, I, I am aware that I don't feel comfortable being, you know, that he's having more than me. And I'm backing away and I realize it. And the Lord speaks to me and says, because my oldest son is almost exactly his age, biological son. If that was your son, would you be backing away and threatened by him? Or would you be excited? And I said, oh God, I'd be so excited if it was my biological son. And then the Holy Spirit said, and you can't be a spiritual father until you feel that way about your spiritual sons. So the rest of my life is trying to raise up sons and daughters who do more than I do. And I'm, I, I'm getting healed. So one time we were in a meeting, one of my spiritual sons is Will Hart, who's CEO for Heidi Baker. And uh, he came up to Randy. I sold more tapes than you did. They like my sermon better than yours. <laughs> and 
And I remember honestly being excited for him and not threatened by it. We need to think differently in many ways. So back to this thing about sovereignty. So I'm thinking, you know, 3%. So in this meeting, we gave some words and we counted them. Now, normally it'd been 15, but it's 25, which is a significant higher percentage. And I'm excited. And I get an impression from Holy Spirit. This is God enables us to repent. We need to pay attention to the impressions that Holy Spirit speaks to us because often those will bring about major breakthroughs in our life. God speaks to us through the Logos, the Bible, and God speaks through us through the Rhema, his spirit. Both. The Bible tells us that. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and said, you're blaming me for what's happening. And you think this is all I want to do, and you're calling it my sovereignty. But I want to do more. I want to do more than what you think I do. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray like Abraham did. And I want you to ask me for more according to the measure of your faith. I told the people what I thought God was saying. <laughs> Bill told me once that I like watching you teach because you process out loud in front of everybody. So we kind of can know how you're processing something because you do it publicly and it's been helpful. So I said, I feel like God just spoke to me and, and we're supposed to ask him for more. So let's pray. And we, I said, God, we're going to ask you for 50. We're going to ask you for 50. And when we prayed, we had 57. Now, normal's 15. See what's happening? How much higher percentage of healings to people are we seeing? Then he I said, ask me like Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah, except instead of going 50, 40, 30, 20, go up. Ask me for more according to the measure of your faith. So I said, okay, and talked to the crowd and said, what do you think we ought to do? And we decided, we'll, we'll ask, ask for 75. We asked for 75. We prayed again and counted, and now the total is 75. Normal's 15. Then I said, what do you think we ought to do? Well, let's ask for 100. And we asked for 100, and we prayed, and there's 137 healings. And the team has not yet prayed. Just from the platform, normally would have been 15. Not only during that time of meeting, we did eight meetings in a row, eight nights in a row for healing in Bill's church. His church went from healings every week to healings every day. We went from healings 3% to at least 10% after that for the next period of years. And a few years before COVID hit, we were seeing 20%. So does that mean when we're only seeing 3%, that's all God wanted to do? Or is that's all we, that's what we were content for? And that's all we were believing for? And that's what we were expecting? 
Was it God's sovereignty that changed or was his will always to do more? But our understanding of how to work with God changing. Was it God's sovereignty that changed? Did he go from a stingy God to a, you know, a free God? Or was it changing in us? I believe it's the latter. It was God changing our, God causing us to repent about what we believed about healing. Causing us to have a different way of thinking about what we believed about healing. One of the most important passages for me and the motivation for healing is Exodus chapter 33 and verse 13. And in verse 13 and verse 18, Moses is asking to come to understand the ways of God and then to see the glory of God. In 33, 13 of Exodus, he says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. I believe that something important for the church to learn is better understanding the ways of God. Moses understood it. He said, teach me your ways. If I found favor with you, teach me your ways so I may know you. Understanding the ways of God helps us to recognize when God begins to do something in our midst that we often don't recognize because we don't recognize the ways of God. For example, in 1984, I've been a minister since 1970, 14 years. I, like I said, I've seen five healings. We had another church come in, another denomination in my Baptist church. After three or four days, we saw 50 healings in three or four days. My church, the members of my church, almost none of them had ever had a word of knowledge. Almost none of them had ever had a prophecy began to understand the ways of God. And we began to see and receive because we understood, oh, that's God. I didn't understand. That's one of the ways God works. And it took us to a whole new level. I spent the rest of my life since that day in March of 1984 trying to teach other people about the ways of God. When we understand and then we see there, we recognize it. And we don't miss it. Exodus 33, 18. A little bit later. Mo, then Moses said, now show me your glory. You sing about the glory in one of the songs. I love that song. And there's so much that does happen in the glory. But there's another way. That the glory senses his presence. But there's also a glory that's attributed to God. And the number one way, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that the word glory is attributed to God is through his signs and wonders, his healings, his miracles. And we now hear me. And the new birth is a great miracle. And it is a wonder. From wanting to rob a store one day to being baptized the next there's, there's grace. There's an amazing grace in there. But in the Bible, God not only receives glory through people being saved, but through the healings, the miracles, the, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day is the number one way in the Old Testament. 
and in through signs and wonders is the number one way in the New Testament. God is glorified. And the second way, the most important way God is glorified is not by what he has done, but by his people talking about what he has done. I want you to hear that. When we don't give God credit for what he's done, we touch his glory. We know it's bad for a minister to take credit for what God does because in doing so, we're touching his glory and that's a horrible thing to do. You say, well, I'm not a minister. I don't have to worry about it. No, you don't have to worry about that one. But if he touches you and you don't give him credit for it and don't talk about it and don't tell people about it, you just touched his glory. That's why we must learn how to develop a culture of honor and a culture of testimony and the power of the testimony. That's why I like to see, I like to see lots of healings, but I like to see also those miracles because they bring him even greater glory. The ways of God, one of the things that's very important for me to come to understand, and I've been teaching now for many years, is the relationship between revelatory gifts and faith, which is a gift itself, the gift of faith, and the gifts of healing. Let me explain. Revelatory gifts, there's three major ones mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 12, and in verse 9 is one of them. Word of knowledge, prophecy is a revelatory gift. Discerning of spirits, a revelatory gift. In these revelatory gifts, it makes us aware, it reveals to us what God is doing. But if we don't understand the ways of God, we can miss this revelation. Why is this revelation important? Because knowing what God, not, not only what God Generally, it's his will to do. There's a difference between God's general will and God's specific will for a specific time. For example, if I said, how many of you believe it's God's will to heal? You're going to raise your hand. Amen? Yeah. I mean, I say, how many believe it's God's will to heal you? Still, hands are going to go up. But if I say, how many of you believe you're going to be healed tonight? Not as many hands as going to go up. And sometimes we mistake faith for hope. Or hope for faith, I mean to say. And the gift of faith mentioned in, I think it's the gift of faith in Mark eleven twenty two, 22. Um, that says, have faith, believe in, believe in, have faith in God. Um, it can also be translated, have faith of God, which I think is the better translation and um, there's several, there's six English translations that has it translated that way in Mark eleven twenty two. But I believe it's the gift of God because it's Paul talks about in 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 2, where he says, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, which is one of the few places in the New Testament where it talks about faith connected to moving a mountain, Matthew 17 and Mark 11 being two other places. And so it's this gift of faith he's talking about. So the gift of faith goes beyond your measure of faith. The gift of faith, God creates it. But he creates it through his revelatory gifts and his people having understanding 
of how those things happen in our life. I did not understand how to get a word of knowledge once I was taught these are the ways God can give a word of knowledge. I started realizing I am getting them. And I started seeing a lot more healing. I was in um, Mozambique with Heidi, and I was interviewing three people that had raised the dead. All of them had raised the dead. One had raised one, one had raised one, one had raised three. And she knew that I liked to interview people who had raised the dead. It's one of my hobbies. And, uh, um, and, 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 and so afterwards, I said, hey, how, how do you guys get words of knowledge? Do you feel them? Do you think them? Do you see them? Do you read them? Do you say them? Do you experience them? He, he said, well, yeah, some of that. But the main way that we receive words of knowledge in Mozambique is that we dream them. I said, I've never heard of that. How does that work? He's, and he told me, he said, well, we have a dream. We realize we see our, what's going on, and then we find ourselves in that situation, and we know what we're supposed to do. I said, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was the way you get a word of knowledge like that. Two weeks later, I was in Brazil, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw two hands like this with something about this wide stuck in here, right through there, sticking out two inches beyond the palm. I saw it. Now, it's not like they said I wasn't seeing what was going to happen. I just saw a condition, but because I had been told something new, I learned something, the knowledge that my people perish, you know, prophet said the people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of the ways of God is very important. And, we, and, 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 and so I, um, I said it, and, and, and I saved it for last because I'd never had that before, and I wasn't sure it really was God, and I wasn't sure that this was. But, you know, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And so I said it. I, I, saw, I had a dream. This is what I saw in a man on the back row got up and almost ran all the way around. And I could see his hand, his big old scar from here from to over to here. And he'd had a sliver of wood go in, cut the artery, cut the muscles, uh, cut the nerve. And his hand was paralyzed open like this with a huge scar. And he knew that is me because it did stick out two inches past his palm. The revelatory gift created the gift of faith in him that released the gift of healing. Because he came up to me, he put his hand in mine. And before I could say, come Holy Spirit, it was already healed. And I remember thinking, God, that was so easy. Give me some more of those. Why is this important? Here's a scripture that, for me, ties some of this together. It's 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. What does the word of knowledge in its relationship to healing do? It brings a general principle, it's God's will to heal, it's God's will to heal people into this moment that tonight it is God's will to heal these conditions and sometimes he gives the name of the people. I'm not so fortunate to get that that often. I have some of my younger ones, some of my spiritual sons that's already ahead of me on that. And I celebrate that. 
But the more detail there is, the more faith it creates. I think the woman that got three toes healed, not healed, grew. Bill kept saying, I believe God's going to do a creative miracle. Some of toes. I believe that was helping to create an atmosphere. What if he had not said it? What if, what if Bill would have thought that and not said it? Would it have made a difference? It all depends on what your view of sovereignty is. Mine is that God uses us. And it would make a difference. Here's why. One time I was at a big Baptist church in Mauá, Brazil, near Sao Paulo. And the church grew. The first time we went there, it had 300. Today it's 30,000. One year, they started 23 churches out of the mother church. When other, it was a Baptist, like a Southern Baptist church. So they asked, why is your church growing so much faster than ours? And he says, you know that stuff you don't like that we do? That's why. <laughs> I remember the first night that we went there, that pastor was desperate to know the ways of God and to see God receive more glory. So on the way from the hotel to his church, the Lord quickens to me a scripture, but I didn't know where it was at. I had to look it up. And it was 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. And this is what it says. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. That's a quote from David that Paul is quoting. He's quoting David. And it's actually in a hard time David was when he said that. I believe, therefore I've spoken. And then Paul takes that scripture and says this. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Now that's the verse that was quickened to me. Now I had to think, why is God quickening that verse to me I'm getting ready to go to a healing meeting in a Baptist church. Why is God quickening this? Is, well, first of all, I have to assume, is this God? And if it is God, which I thought it was, why is he quickening this earth? And, and what, what's it about? And as I meditated and was praying, God, what do you want me to get from this? Before I got to the, to the church, I felt like he had said, you need to understand something. If you really believe I'm going to do something, if you, if you really have faith that I'm going to do something. And I'm not talking about I got to create the faith. I just, God can help bring the faith. But if you really believe I'm going to do something, you need to say it. Because if you say it and you have heard correctly, it will cause other people to come into a higher expectation than they presently have because they will join you. Your, your statement of faith can literally help others to begin to believe more for themselves. So if you really believe, now hear me, I am not saying the same thing that the new age says or new thought says, that we can create our reality by the words that we speak. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if, if God has first spoken, if God has first communicated, if we will speak what he has communicated to us, that we think we know what he wants to do, it will create faith. So I'm going to do that tonight. 
you may think, he, I am a very eccentric person. You know, eccentric is a nice word for weird. <laughs> so I wanted to make a declaration. I really believe that tonight in all of the campuses put together, there's about 5,500 people. I want to say that I believe we'll see at least 10%, but I actually believe we'll see closer to 20%. And if we do, that's 1,100 healings tonight in all the campuses combined. And I believe if we have 1,100 healings, by the time that we turn it over to the ministry team, which is going to be over 100 on the ministry team, we'll have over 550. And if we do, that's going to be really good <laughs> and exciting. And so it's important to understand the ways of God. So I wanted to share just a little bit to, because there's two things I want to explain. And one is about the word of knowledge because we're going to be having words of knowledge tonight. Omar Cabrera taught me not about words of knowledge. John Wimber did. Omar Cabrera taught me how to work with large crowds with words of knowledge in, in a way that helps build faith. And I didn't understand it at first. I was down in Guatemala City, and there's about 2,500 people in this tent. And he was ministering. And I, he and I were taking turns. I was learning because he, he's a lot older than I was and, and a lot more experienced. And he'd say, if you have this, I want you to stand up immediately. As soon as you hear it, once you stand up and I keep thinking, will you be, why don't you wait and just tell them they stand up at the end? And then he'd say, and if you, when you stand up, if you begin to feel something, put one hand in there. If it increases, wave it like this. And the moment that you're at least 80% better, I want you to cross your hands like this. This is your testimony. Let's people know what God is doing. Not yet what he's done, not totally done, but you are at least 80% better. You're Movement, function, pain levels. I said, why do you say that? Why don't you just say when you're healed? He said, because when people hear that, they don't think they can testify that they're healed if they have anything left. And there will be people get healed within seconds. But there'll be a whole lot more that's being healed that you're not aware of. And because you're not aware of what God is doing, but you don't say 20% or even 40 or 50%. It needs to be a significant degree of healing because that's enough to cause people to say, oh, God is in our midst. But if you don't say it that way, Randy, there'll be people that's 80, 85, 90, 95, 98% healed, but they'll not do this because they still have a little bit left. I am giving you permission to testify to what God is in the process of doing. And when you get to at least 80%, just start letting people know because that lets us know and also encourages our faith. And when people see it, because that's why he told me, he said, Randy, if, I, if they don't stand up and I give five words of knowledge and they don't stand up, let's say the faith level is right here when we start. Every time I give a word of knowledge and nobody stands up, that faith level just goes down. And it's not going down because I'm missing. It's going down because they won't stand up. That's why you have to understand the feedback loop is so important. All the way through this night, everything that we knew, we need to do things that is honestly, not with hype, but honestly communicating what's happening in our midst 
so that when people see it, because it's on the other hand, if you give a word of knowledge, people have it and they stand up. And then all of a sudden, somebody starts waving their hands. Faith just goes. So I'm trying to help you to understand your role. And I'm understanding my role. Because we need each other. Because the glory of God is at stake. What I mean by that is, if we give testimony to what he actually is doing, he will get more glory. So words of knowledge. Well, let me give you an example of a word of knowledge. This is a biblical, um, this, is a, this is not a word of knowledge, but it illustrates a word of knowledge. Do you remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? Okay, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. He's warming you up. <laughs> Jesus is coming by and he hears, blind Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is coming by. He's blind. He begins to yell out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And one of, his, one of Jesus' disciples, he still has too many disciples like this guy, ran over to him, told him, be still. Be still. He's crying out for Jesus. Be still. How many of us can be guilty of being like that guy when somebody's trying to believe for God, trying to cry out for God, and maybe they persevere until the very end? I have just lost three good friends in the last year to cancer. One of them was the pastor of a, a large, one of the largest PAOC, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, He's a good friend of mine. We Brazil together. And once I found out he had a brain tumor, we just prayed a lot. And the, as he's deteriorating and it's getting worse, we, we pray more often. Now it's not once a week. I prayed, I prayed for him every night, but once a week I'd call him. And right toward the last few months is almost every day. I called him two hours before he died and prayed for his healing. And he was believing for his healing. He woke up in heaven, or should I say in the bosom of Abraham, or should I say in paradise, or should I say with the Lord, surprised that he was there instead of here because he believed he was going to be healed. How bad is that? Isn't that better than you say, well, I don't want to give anybody false hope. How do you keep from giving somebody false hope? You take all hope away. Let me believe to the very end in hope. Than to have no hope. Don't steal my hope. Don't tell me. As long as there's breath, we fight. So blind Bartimaeus, he, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And so Jesus hears, amen. Here's, a, here's where, this is an illustration of a word of knowledge. What does Jesus do? Jesus speaks to one of his disciples. And the disciple is given a message. So the disciple goes to blind Bartimaeus and says, on your feet, be encouraged. He 
is calling you. Jesus sent a man with that message to blind Bartimaeus. And when he heard it, this blind man had been given a special coat of special stripes or whatever markings from the synagogue that says, we have tested this guy out. He's not running a scam. He's not, he's not dishonest. He's not trying to rip you off. He really is blind. And when you see this coat, this is the social security disability system of the first century Jewish nation. Give him alms. And what's he do when he hears that Jesus is calling you? He stands up and he takes that code of identity, of dependency and blindness and throws it to the ground. Why? Because he doesn't believe he's going to need it anymore. Why does he have that kind of faith? Because he heard a disciple coming from Jesus with a message from Jesus saying, he's calling you. That's a beautiful illustration of a word of knowledge because Jesus still speaks to his church. Jesus still speaks to his sheep and he still gives them information. Sometimes they know who to go to. Sometimes they just know the condition to call out. But when you hear that, be like blind Bartimaeus. Understand out of the thousands, the scores of thousands of conditions that could be called out, and the, yours was. And the more detail there is, the more faith it creates. Almost many times I go into meetings and I'll go up to somebody and I'll say, um, I'll just pick someone what I thought was randomly. Often it turned out it wasn't randomly. Um, and, and many times they get healed just in the illustration. But for sake of time, I'm going to make this one shorter than normal. You go up to somebody and I came up to you. Yeah, you know, no, don't turn your head around you. You're, yeah, you, no her. Let's, okay, let's, let's do this. If Jesus appeared to you tonight in a vision and you heard him say, called you by your name, and said, if there was anything wrong with you, say that there was. I'm not saying there is, but say you had a physical need. And he said, I want to heal you tonight. How would that affect you? You'd be excited? Smile? Do you think there'd be any other emotional responses? You'd be excited and you'd be smiling. Okay. Why? And it's not a trick question. Just speak a little louder, please. Because Jesus knows you and called you out. Now, now watch, because this is really important. I want you to get this. When would you begin to smile? And when would you begin to be excited? When he appeared to you and said, I want to heal you tonight? Or... Once you began to feel something. Now just, just think. Do you, would you be excited? Before you felt something? 
when he said, I want to heal you tonight? Yes, you would. If there's a word of knowledge and you really understand what it is and it is for you, it should produce that. If it doesn't produce that excitement, that expectation, it's going to be, it's going to happen. I'm going to be healed that he created by his giving you that word that drew to something that would have, could have been maybe in the millennium, you know, in your glorified body. He drew it into right now. Don't wait till you begin to feel something. Let your faith rise up with excitement and grab a hold of what he says. But that's why it is important moving from our measure of faith to this gift of faith is his work. And he likes to use us helping each other. I want to show a video and I'm going to do what I've just been preaching. I'm going to say something. Every time I've shown this video, people get healed watching it. Every time. I show other videos other than this one, but this is one of my favorite. In the video, I want you to listen and watch for two things. Number one, listen for when they say there was a word of knowledge and how that was related to their healing. And secondly, about the ways of God, listen for, the, for notice this reoccurring theme. There is this heat. There was this heat to where that we begin to understand if we're in a meeting and all of a sudden that supernatural heat comes upon us. We understand. There's power to heal me right now. It's important. You're going to see two right, eye, two right blind eyes healed. You're going to see a young girl's going to have to have her leg cut off. It says cyst, but it's actually a cancerous tumor in her femur. You're going to see a guy who hadn't been able to stand up and couldn't kneel. His feet hurt him really bad. You're going to see a guy with metal who just had two months ago surgery. You'll see the scars on his back where the staples were at. And he was in so much pain, he couldn't sit anymore. He couldn't stand anymore. And he's getting ready to leave. When he heard me say, as we were transitioning to me, he said, God's going to heal people with metal. I think I mentioned it. That's what I wrote my doctoral dissertation on. We have seen now between five and 6,000 people get healed of metal. Last weekend, I was at Southern Illinois where I was raised, and um, we had a, 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 a Saturday night and Sunday meeting. And as I'm getting ready to fly to the airport, getting ready to take off in the parking lot, this family comes back. They had driven all the way home to another town about 20 miles away. They have a little 10-year-old boy, 10, 11 years old, and he has had surgeries in both ankles, and he has plates and metal screws in both ankles, and it hurts him to walk. It hurts him to stand all the time. And we had talked about that, and we had prayed for that on Saturday night. The boy gets all the way home and says, Mom, Dad, take me back. I want to be prayed for. I want him to pray for my ankles, this metal will stop hurting. He came, 
God, somebody took a picture of it. Anyway, just less than two minutes of praying for those ankles, all that pain left. We've got an email just just today that uh, he's not had any sense, no pain since then. It's and also, also to know sometimes when God heals you, there can be some pain. I was praying for a boy who couldn't run because he had such flat feet. It hurt him to stand very long in, in uh, Denmark, in Copenhagen. And um, as we start praying for him and asking for a creative miracle, asking God to build arches in his feet, he starts, he's like, I think around 12, 12 to 14, somewhere in there. He starts crying and he looks at me and he says, it hurts. I said, I mean, I'm not hitting him. I'm just holding him, his feet. What hurts? It feels like somebody's got a hammer and is hitting me on the bottom of my foot, right in the, where the arch is supposed to be. It hurts. All right. I didn't understand that. But I, you know, I believe we're asking God, so it's not the devil. I believe, you know, I believe we're, we're at, God, Jesus said, if we ask for bread, we're not going to be given a stone. If we ask for a fish, God's not going to give us a serpent. So we're asking for the healing. I don't understand it. But the last time I went back, which was about 10 years later, that boy wasn't there. He sent a note to me, tell Randy I wasn't able to be there today because I'm running a 10K marathon. Because God built arches, created arches. So as we watch the video, it's important that you understand. You can be healed watching it. Anything similar doesn't have to be the same thing. But you can get healed watching it. And I believe the presence of God is going to come. You may not get 80% or more, but that's where you can come up later. We had a woman who was, got 30% better watching this, but she wasn't 80% or more. So she came up later. And the moment she came up, so I began praying for this power, not herself, was, I mean, she had this many screws and the doctor said, you're not going to be healed. You have to have your leg amputated. You probably have to have it amputated, but you're not going to be healed. And she couldn't bend. And she's, she's sitting there doing this. She said, I'm not doing this. There's a force bending me. And then she, she got down on her knees. And she says to my friend, Danny, the you know, woman that works for me, says, are you guys getting this? I can't bend my knees. I can't bend. I, I can't. Since for five years and eight months, I've not been able to bend. I'm on my knees. Are you guys realizing what's going on? <laughs> Before the night was over, when was, she finally got to where she'd move her leg about like that, and then we cut out 20 more minutes of prayer because you can't, you know, got to have it short, short in church. This is not the one I'm showing. This is another one. Long story short, she said, I want to run. I want to run. I want to run. And she did. And she also walked home. But she, she, God started touching her during the video. And when she wasn't 80%, she came up for the rest. 
We're, that will happen too. That's going to happen too. If, if, forget if. When you realize that your pain is gone, or you realize God's power is coming on you just by watching the video, I want you to stand up. You say, well, I don't want to. I don't think that's very smart. Because he looks to see. Because he told me, don't pray for people who won't stand because they're waiting to feel something. And tonight, when we pray for the sick, we give you a chance to stand. Because he said, don't let them sit passively, just waiting to feel something. Ask them to stand as an act of faith. So if you begin to feel God touching you, and the moment you're 80% or more, even if the video's not over, as soon as the lights come back on, wave your hands if you're 80% or more. Because I believe God is going to touch people. Okay, let's watch it. She had a cyst inside her bone. On the femur. She had a cyst on the family inside the femur. And the doctor said she had to amputate her leg. She said, I'm not amputating my leg. Jesus is going to heal me. Feel anything, but suddenly this, this heat 
came on top of her, and then she felt like the pain was gone, and she raised her hand, and she could move and wave with both hands to see she was healed. She said the pain is very severe, she couldn't move fast enough and now she can move the arms, the pain is totally gone. Praise Jesus. Deus abençoe. Over 20 years, he had an accident, lost the cartilage on his knees, could not bend, could not kneel, could not walk properly without pain. Now, great prayer, the pain, the pain disappeared, and now he's moving, he's bending, he said, I, I just can't do this, I don't believe this. No pain, no pain. Hallelujah. Glória a Deus. Three or four years ago, he was run over by a car. He was bleeding. He was bleeding. And he, since three or four years ago, he had constant pain in his back. Could not bend the back. Somebody had a word of knowledge for him, and he stood up, and the pain disappeared. Now he can bend. Não está doendo? Não. Hallelujah! Glory to Deus. What's your name? Natalia. Her name is Natalia, 11 years old, blind from birth of the right eye, could not see a thing. Show her some fingers. Quantos dedos você não me mexeu no eye? Quantos dedos? Tá boa. Quantos dedos você... Cinco. Quatro. Hallelujah! Blind eye. Quanto Blind eye. She said during prayer, she felt a lot of heat. A lot of heat all over her body. She said, a lot of heat all over her body. And then suddenly she started to see with her right heart. She covered it, she checked, and she saw everything. And she's crying. She's feeling the presence of God over her. Praise the Lord. Lord of Deus. Que Deus abençoe. Aleluia, Jesus. Deus abençoe, querido. Que Deus abençoe. Jesus te ama e te cura. Oh my God. Oh my God. You should see that the eyes of the cameraman. He's crying. Can a blind eye, 11 years old girl, blind, totally blind in the right eye, totally healed, totally healed. She can see again. Jesus is fixing the eyes of the blind. This is Michelle. In March this year, she found out she had a cancer on her left breast. It was a big tumor, a big lump. She could feel it, touch and feel it. During breast, somebody had the word of knowledge for cancer in the left breast. And just, just she wasn't feeling anything, just to check if it was her, she went and touched it and it wasn't there anymore. It totally disappeared. And with it went the pain. She said, the moment I went to go reach for it, the pain and the, the growth disappeared. This is what God is doing here in Brazil. You have to come and witness for yourself. You have to come give Jesus the chance to use your hands to heal and make cancer disappear. This lady had cancer in her breast. And you can see the emotion in her eyes and how God has touched her. She's totally cancer free. Jesus is alive and well and doing miracles all over the world. God bless you. Deus te abençoe. Aleluia. Vai para casa curada em nome de Jesus. During the time of word of knowledge, somebody said, there's somebody with a cast. There's somebody with a cast. That, that was the word of knowledge. So here's the somebody with a cast, and here's the cast. What's your name? Ivana. 
She said she had a strong case of tendonitis. She went to the doctor, she could not stand the pain she was going through. The doctor put this cast on her hand and said, don't even think of moving your fingers or your arm, just rest, stay home and rest. She said, no way, I'm going to church, I'm going to get my healing. She came tonight, somebody said, I see a cast. She said, when the lady said that, I said, that's my cast, and I'm healed. And then the pain totally disappeared, and she said she, could be, she couldn't touch her skin before. It was so much pain that she couldn't touch the skin. Now she can touch, she can move, the pain is gone. Você sentiu a presença de Deus? Sim. O que você está sentindo agora? Muita alegria no meu coração. She said she's so happy, she's just joyful, the pain is gone. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Glória a Jesus. Jennifer. Jennifer. All right, guys, this is Jennifer, and she was born with blindness on the right eye. She could not see out of this eye at all. She could not see at all. Now, cover cover this eye and read for me what's the sign saying there. Lila. Melhor é o fim das coisas do que o princípio. She's reading the sign that she, she was totally blind in the eye, and she's reading. She was blind, now she's reading. First she was blind, now she's reading. Hallelujah. Look at this. Oh, man. This is so awesome. If, before I have everybody else stand up, if you are 80% better, stand and wave both hands over your head and keep waving. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in here, nine, ten. In there, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Over here, 16, 17. In the balcony there. Over here, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20 healings. No prayer yet. <laughs> 21. Okay, now, how many of you, I, I want everybody to stand up, and I want everybody to take one minute and try to do something you can't do. That, that would hurt. I, I just want you to try, and we don't know what happened in the other campuses yet. Just try. If you have a shoulder problem and you can't lift your shoulder, try. We were in a meeting where the Baptist pastor in Rio de Janeiro had 16 screws in his back and metal from the neck all the way to the um, uh, sacrum. Nothing but metal. He couldn't move his arm past here. Most people got healed within two minutes. He tried inside for five minutes, but he didn't want to be distracting, so he walked out into the hallway, but he kept trying. 15 minutes later, he had not stopped trying. And then he came in. Full range of motion. One of the things I love when I go to Latin America is I don't have to say, you need to do something. They're all, they start before I tell them, you know, because they believe they need to test it out. So test it out. Go ahead. If you can't, whatever it hurts. Either you're all very healthy or you don't believe me. Test it out. 
If it hurts to squat, move out of the, get in the islands, up and down. If it hurts to uh, stretch, whatever it is, try it. Try it. I'm going to give you a minute. And because some of you will get healed because you tried it. 100% of the people got healed of metal in their body in Brazil. It happened after they tried to move, not before. I'm not putting God in a box. I know we could do it the other way, but that's just what we have been seeing. Okay, you ready? All right. If you waved your hands a while ago, don't wave them again. I don't want to count you twice. But if, he, but if you get healed of two things, then I can count you twice. If you get healed of three things, it's not the person. We're counting the conditions that's getting healed. Okay? All right. If, you're, if, there, if there's no change and you're, and you're not, well, if you're not at least 80% better, you can go ahead and be seated. If you're 80% or more, stay, keep standing. We're not wanting to count what we counted a while ago a second time. Now, those that's standing, wave your hands so we can see you better. Okay. All right. Hey, we got counters. You, got, you guys counting? I think we got counters. You count. You'll be faster than me. Keep waving. We don't want them to have to start all over. I think we've got people counting. And I just want to emphasize something. All we've done so far is you watched the video and you tried to do something. We haven't even prayed yet. And there's been no words of knowledge yet, though I just got one. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> keep, keep waving. So, 45 total in here. In, in this, all of, I mean, wait a minute. Sixty-five total. Okay, sixty-five. All right. Now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, wow. Okay. If you need to be healed. Eighty-five. All right. If any of you felt God touching you or there's something in that video like you have, go ahead and stand back up. We're going to, if you came tonight or you get as many prayers as you can, you say, I, I want to be involved in this prayer. I believe God's going to heal me. That's why I came tonight. I felt something. There was something up there that just gave me hope I could be healed. Go ahead and stand up because I'm going to pray for those that's standing. Put your hand where you need the healing, if it's an organ, if it's muscular or skeletal, just begin to move it as I'm praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to be able to come to you. Thank you that he gave us the right to use his name to come to you and intercede for others. 
And we bless everyone that's standing. And God, I thank you for healing that's coming right now. I bless them, God. I bless them, Lord. I, I, I just, whatever their need is, God, we speak healing to it. But especially, Lord, you're showing me in this very moment, somebody has pain in the left bicep right in there, and you want to bring healing. Somebody else has pain in the bottom of the, uh, the right knee, at the bottom of the kneecap, and you want to bring healing there. And so, God, we bless those areas in the name of Jesus, Lord, and, and we speak healing for whatever it is, God that they are having a problem with. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we don't know how you do this, but we pray for everyone that has any form of, a, of a metal put in their body in any place that's causing them a problem. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, and we, we, we thank you for what you're about to do. I can't even begin, my mind can't comprehend how you do it. There's times that metal just disappears. There's time it's still there, but the pain's gone. So, Lord, there's times that they can bend what they shouldn't be able to bend. So, Lord, we bless and we pray for healing for people who have had metal put in. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for the S1. In the name of Jesus. People got a problem between the uh, first uh, lumbar and the, um, and the sacrum. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We bless them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.